Welcome to Worst Take, everybody. Today we got Matt and we got a special guest, AJ Torres of the Worst Take Network. He is one of our writers. And AJ, you want to introduce yourself? How are we doing, everybody? My name is AJ Torres. Uh, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan living in Connecticut and working in New York. It's a weird mix. But uh, these guys have been great to me and it's uh, great to be here. And uh, Matt, honestly, man, you're too kind. <laughs> Yeah, so figured we'd start off the episode today talking about Mr. Patrick Mahomes real briefly. There's not a ton to talk about. It's a contract that we'd all been expecting. But AJ, you being the Chiefs fan, you got to tell me, what, what are your initial thoughts on it all? Uh, well, essentially, I was uh, driving home and I heard on the radio and, uh, you know, with nothing going on and you hear from a New York radio station, WFAN, I'm driving, and uh, the host, uh, this guy's name is Evan Roberts. He's going, uh, it's north of uh, 300 million, I take it. And uh, the guy behind the glass is going upwards of 400. And I'm like, um, okay. So I, you know, I get home. I'm just getting my bag out of the car, taking my boots off, everything else. You know, I'm tired. It's been 90, upwards of 90 degrees today. And then I see a notification from the NFL app, and it says $503 million. I'm like, what? Huh? And then I'm like, how many years is this? And they're like, oh, 10 years, uh, possibly 12. And I'm like, well, then, uh, sure enough, I freaking showered, changed, got my, uh, I got my Super Bowl version of the Mahomes jerseys. It's uh, too flashy for me. It's white, and it's got this uh, red and silver uh, numbers on it and such. I bought it after they won the Super Bowl. I'm shocked beyond belief. I'm happy. I'm concerned about the contract terms, but let's just take this as a blessing and move on, simply put. Yeah, I, um, I was shocked to see how much it was. And obviously there will probably be some more details coming out in the next few days. Um, that's always how it is with contracts. You think that you hear about, oh, it's, this is all of the information, and then usually they'll get some other stuff, or there'll be some parts of the contract that aren't correctly uh, like told, basically. But yep. still an insane deal. Uh, $503 million over 10 years. The craziest thing is that when the contract's done, he'll be 37. So who's to say that he won't re-up after this, this lifetime deal? <laughs> It's supposedly lifetime, but I mean, if you're Rogers, and I'm not comparing the two at all, I don't want to be one of those guys where, because I've seen fans uh, in Kentucky get a little bit of everything around here because there's no state team. Like, there's, it's so diverse. But you don't get one of those guys that's just going to compare them because you just can't, simply for his sake, really, because anything can happen in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, bad. that's definitely true. Um, I I've always been a big fan of Mahomes. I'm a 49ers fan, but so Mahomes kind of broke my heart. But coming out, it's kind of funny. I realized this today. I did not realize it until today. But the first guy I ever tried to sit down and watch film of was Pat Mahomes, which is just funny. Not, and by watching film, I mean like taking up like a YouTube clip of all of his plays. From uh, It was from the Broncos game that he played in week 17, his rookie year. But he was the very first player that I was like, 
I'm going to try to see if this guy's good. And I was like, oh, you know, he can make all the throws, checks all the boxes. Obviously, like, there was a couple, like, head-scratching throws that he made. But I was like, he's, like, he's really talented. I feel like a lot of people aren't really, like, realizing how talented he is. Of course, I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, oh, yeah, I knew his Mahomes from the start. Like, I didn't realize how good he was going to be. Didn't realize how great of a start of a career he'd had. But it was cool that the first guy I watched could be, you know, one of the – hopefully – ends up being one of the all-time greats. So that's that's kind of a cool I mean, story. you hope. I mean, you didn't yeah. you didn't bring him that contract to, you know, just sell jerseys. You came to try and win again. Uh, apparently, Donovan McNabb, I got to check with that, but apparently he had a 12-year deal back in the day. So there were four quarterbacks that have had 10-year deals. Donovan McNabb, Dante Culpepper, Drew Bledsoe in 2001, Gotta love that deal. And <laughs> yes, you do. He could have easily, because if they said, hey, let's go 15, 20 million, well, hell, the last, not only did they win you a Super Bowl, basically get you in the playoffs and give you a chance every single year for a long time. And by the way, there's a lot of time where the defenses sucked on those teams. Let's just be completely honest. It was, what was his name? Uh, the, that, that idiot, uh, I, I always forget his first name. It was Rex Ryan's brother. Rob? That guy was run. Yeah, Rob, Rob Ryan, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember. It's like, hey, it's halftime. It's 28-28. It's like, who's playing? Obviously, the Saints and another team. It's like, wonderful. This guy's throwing the rock like a madman, and his defense can't do anything. Like, what is it that they do here? Basically yeah. the equivalent of a stop sign. Wonderful. If you actually gave that guy a defense, you might have two rings from him. <laughs> um, so yeah, but if you go later in his career, that thing's easily worth 20, 30 plus million a year. Uh, Bledsoe? Or McNabb? Uh, that could be from Bledsoe. Yeah. Um, well, there's a, there's our, our initial thoughts on the Mahomes contract. I don't really want to get too into it. Um, 477 million in guarantees, 10 million for a sign-in bonus. Crazy. It's absolutely insane. Um, but moving on, we're going to talk about Mr. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, AJ, you want to kind of uh, introduce this topic? Cause you're the one who came up with this first. Well, here's the thing. And I typically am not into college sports because when I was a kid, I remember seeing a ton of blowouts, so much where it wasn't even interesting. When you see the final score and it's 56 to 13, that's not a game you want to watch. It's like, it's like being uh, 10 years old and your 21-year-old bigger brother is smashing you in Madden. It's not a pretty sight. It's not fun. You just want this to end. That's how it felt like and that's why I don't follow me college sports much there's a lot that goes into it but as far as Joe Burrow you gotta like his attitude he's very smart very good at the film and I've actually did a little bit of uh research on him as far as like how he is as a player he's gonna need this being in Cincinnati he avoids tackles which is nice fun fact I actually found this out Matt, you're going to love this. I think this was before the 2020 draft. I'm not sure. 
But in that span, the Cincinnati Bengals have drafted 105 offensive linemen. That's center, that's guard, that's tackle. Just offensive linemen. There's 105 of those. Only seven have ever been selected to a Pro Bowl. So clearly there's – I'm not sure if it's coaching. I'm not sure if it's genetics. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe it's the water in Cincinnati. Well, I got news for you. If we're going by water, you know, uh, the Giants and Jets play in uh, New Jersey, and I've heard Newark, New Jersey has worse tap water than Flint, Michigan. So are we going by the Lions are worse than the Jets and Giants or vice versa? If we're going by something in the water, we got to go by a conspiracy here, Matt. We got to start writing a book about this. <laughs> we got to be on television about conspiracies, and the NFL Network is going to pay us off to shut up. <laughs> yeah, it's so the, the, Burrow, <laughs> the whole Burrow situation. See, I, I watched a lot of film on Burrow this past year, and you brought up that he's smart and he, he does his studying in the film room. It is very, very obvious when you watch him. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the guy, the guy just works. He yeah. is committed. That's the kind of guy he is, and his attitude is amazing. The, the one thing that's funny about him is if you remember around draft time, there was rumors that he was going to, like, say he like, was going to basically pull an Eli Manning to the Chargers and say, I'm not playing for the Bengals. If I was Tua and I did not hurt my hip, I'd be saying the same thing. Because yeah. if you can look at the situation that two is in, right, and I could say to myself that I think he's going to be a bust. I'm not saying he's going to have a career in injury, but if you look at the tools at his disposal, right, he had one of the top tackles in the draft. Both of his wide receivers went in the first round. And he's probably going to have two more that are going to go in the first round next year, or at least first two rounds. So – Essentially, with all these weapons, he's going to go to a garbage organization in Miami. That team, top to bottom, is awful. You see, kind of like relating to the New York Yankees, but the NFL, it's like, hey, guess what? Your golden boy is long gone. Act. Do something. And actually do something well. The talent is there. Get a coach in there and knows what he's doing. Don't tank and actually try. Give effort. Brady's gone. Jesus. I think, okay, but I would say this. I think the Dolphins, they might not have a ton of talent, but they're they're at least like, they seem that they're in a better direction from building a team than the Bengals are. Because you brought it up, you brought the information about the offensive lineup. That is something that I'm really worried about, Burrow. So You see... I'm worried about both of them because you know that one of the offensive linemen that the Dolphins paid off was Eric Flowers. And if you don't know about Eric Flowers, he was a draft pick high up for the Giants. And in his second year, they trade him for the Jags for a bag of balls. And then he somehow ended up getting on the Redskins, apparently did okay. And he goes, yay, I'm going to Miami. This is like retirement. Well, hopefully that's your last contract, buddy. <laughs> um, to because be fair, suck. to be 100% fair, he is playing guard now. And him playing tackle was atrocious. 
Now, I don't know. I don't know if I'd break off. Uh, essentially, put your hand up and hope that he high fives you as a distraction. Yeah, <laughs> useless at tackle. Useless. He was. I. He was bad. Atrocious. Him and, him and Eli Manning. That was a brutal watch. Hey, just think about it. Eric Flowers and Solder were on the same offensive line, and everybody blamed Eli. That's true. Um, so, so talking about Burrow, we want to talk about how the Bengals are building your team. And AJ, your point was that it's it's not really going to like change much with just how the Bengals have been. But I gotta ask. I just there's I think there's a few guys that they get there. And they can be the guys that change the culture. I feel now, like... Define, define culture because I'll just say this, and I've said this multiple times. Now, for those who read the articles, uh, I got something coming up about uh, what teams should sell. And there's a lot of teams, right? It's, it's out. We like, it's, It was out today, oh, actually. Oh, it, it came is out, out today. Oh, yeah. I haven't been on the site all day. I've been working. But if you go into the article, right, if you remember, the Redskins were so bad they had the second overall pick in the draft. And the guy who got fired, the president, goes, hey, even though things aren't going well, the culture is damn good. You want to know why I think culture is such an excuse? Is because if you look at culture, right, look at the Giants. Guys being called a cancer. Guys having a finger point all over the place. You want to go by culture? You lose, but oh, the culture's okay. We're fine. I don't buy it. Because especially over here east, you go to you go over here in New England, you go to any of the New Jersey teams, I'll call them that. Because they're not worthy of being called New York. Philadelphia, especially, where they boo more than they cheer. <laughs> they don't want to hear culture. You couldn't go to your boss at work and say, oh, but the culture's good. Oh, but what about my numbers? Uh, it don't work. You yeah. need results. So You need results, bottom line. So I agree with that. And I would say that the difference – I'm not talking about, like, how, like, the public perceives the culture because I think that's, that's just bullshit because you don't – me and you, we don't know, like, oh, this team's culture is great. Like, we don't l- legitimately know that. Um, I'm, I'm currently reading a book by Michael Lombardi called Gridiron Genius. And the book starts, uh, he worked with Al Davis, Bill Walsh, and Bill Belichick. He talks about how the biggest thing, he said it's the number one thing, and if you don't have this, you can't be a, a like, you can't have long, long-term success in the NFL. And he brings up culture. Now, he talks about the way that that culture works within the front office. So... For media people to say, like, oh, this team has a culture, I don't think it – like, we don't know. My point is more you have a guy like, for instance, he brought up uh, the 49ers with Bill Walsh. And when Bill Walsh came to the 49ers, they were one of the most dysfunctional franchises ever. <laughs> and I mean, there's, came, there's still a few of them in the NFL, and there's guys making oh, millions from this dis- dysfunctional yeah, yeah. fiasco. But he, he came in and he completely changed how everything was ran. Um, and you usually say that with a coach and whatnot, but you can also see that with a quarterback. I think there's very there's very few people that are able to do that. A GM, he could do it. A coach, a coach obviously is the one that you want to kind of set the president for the team, but the quarterback's the other guy. And 
I mean, everything that I've heard about Burrow is that Burrow's legit. And the thing about Burrow is that he works his ass off. Um, and oh, that's kind of where, yeah, that's where I kind of am talking about like the culture shifting is because we, we won't know. We won't know for years, you know, like when you hear about stories like what's going on within the actual front office. But he could be the guy that's kind of like, like, no, we're not losing anymore. Like, do this. And we kind of talk about like, obviously, a guy like Mahomes comes in the league and the Chiefs aren't like an inept organization or anything, but then they have Andy Reid, but he's the guy that. It flips the switch. You before, know, before Andy Reid got there, as far as the front office, as far as direction, everything else, it was chaotic, and I turned my head because it was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was not fun to watch at one point. Now, yeah. mind you, right? I've seen it all. I got a Larry Johnson autograph about a few feet away from my head right now, and I've seen the good, the bad. I, I've seen all of it. But as far – it's going to be a process. I can't lie. But I'm glad that Joe Burrow's going to go in there as captain. But I still think that this is going to take uh, – it's going to be a couple of years. Oh, also, fun yeah. fact, because you know how some people are like, oh, we brought a new general manager to help. Fun fact, there's only two teams that have their owner act as the general manager as well. Jerry Jones and Mike Brown of the Bengals. So if you wonder why these trades and everything else don't happen is because he's the GM and a terrible at that. Yeah, that now the that's way a major worse is you have Bill O'Brien. <laughs> Good coach, hey, horrible but, GM. But at least he can coach, right? Ah, but he, no, here's the deal. When I grade Bill O'Brien, I'm going Bill O'Brien, the man running the ship as a coach, and then the guy who does the books. If we go by Bill O'Brien doing the books, apparently he leaves his glasses at home. <laughs> when a guy's on the coach, this guy's the man. But if you think that you're going to replace D-Hop, who's a top three wide receiver, a generational talent, he needs a drug test. Plain and simple. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking I'm at the Bengals. I'm looking at the – let's see, this is in – unupdated depth chart. Come on. You can't even update your depth chart. Come on. What are you doing <laughs> during these times? Last update, Christmas Eve, 2019. You're killing me. It's July. Ugh. Here, I got you an updated one. Uh, I'll, I'll read you that right now. I'll read you the offensive weapons. So here's the, here's the receivers. AJ Green, obviously major question marks. That's a big question mark, essentially, since that guy needs to stay on the field. I don't yes. care how you do it, keep him healthy. Tyler Boyd. I think Tyler Boyd's one of the more underrated receivers. He's had back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. T. Higgins, rookie second-round pick. Auden Tate, John Ross. So those are some decent reserve uh, I players. know John Ross has gotten hurt, too, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, he got hurt last year. I, I think it was an ACL. But, but now, still. That, that's a tough injury, man, and surprisingly – uh, I was actually very shocked because I learned this. Uh, one of the guys that was key factor in the Chiefs year, Tyron Matthew, I actually found out he's got a he tore both ACLs at one point. Yeah. yeah. And if you look at his performance, it's like how did this guy tear both of his ACLs and he was barely. I mean, he was almost perfect last year. Yeah. Um. Then obviously a running back, they got Joe Mixon. I think he's. One of the better running imagine, backs in the game. Could you imagine this guy if he actually had an offensive line? That's that's what I'm thinking about. Um, 
Okay, here's a, here's the offensive line, and here's the offensive line isn't good by any means, but hopefully they have they have Jonah Williams at left tackle, first round pick in 2019. So you got Burrow's got to pray, he's got to pray that this dude ends up panning out because. Hopefully you have a guy that's actually going to protect your blind side. Uh, then you have – Well, actually, you know how yeah. they say uh, the old-fashioned way of focus on your strengths and not your weaknesses? If I'm Joe Burrow, you start practice by learning how to throw on the guys on the right side. Have Mixon in the backfield. If you're in shotgun, have Mixon on the right, and you have trips on the right side because your blind side is going to be open. That guy, it's going to be open season. Because if you got to think about, right, one of the defenses you got to watch out, think about it. He plays the Steelers and the Ravens twice a year. And the Browns. Good pass rush, but Miles My- Garrett's coming back, and he's coming back hungry. So if you don't think that guy's going to take hits, you're crazy. But oh, yeah. he's got that toughness, and he's got the size for it, which is, uh, which is why Tua was – not picked. Even if Tua was healthy, he'd get rocked. Yeah. He just doesn't have the size. Um, yeah, so then the rest of their offensive line, it's not. You got Michael Jordan, Trey Hopkins, Xavier, I don't even know how to say his last name. I'm not even going to try. Suofilo. Suofilo. Uh, Bobby Hart. That's I don't know any of those people besides Michael Jordan. Um, Bobby yep. Hart was like an undrafted guy. So uh, I believe. So I don't really know how this is going to play out at all. Uh, I think what they have to do, I, I do think this, and I think this is how Burrow's se- uh, rookie season is going to go. A lot of losses, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and a lot of interceptions. A lot of stats from Burrow. Why? Because he's going to be down. He's going to be getting killed every game. They have an atrocious defense. He's going to be under pressure. That's why you have a whole bunch of picks. But he does have really good weapons, and he has a running back that's great. So I think he'll put up good numbers, but there'll also be like some bad numbers with that, you know, a ton of picks, and there's not going to be the wins to back it up. But I think that it's, and I think this is the scary part for Burrow. You have to trust your organization to put an offensive line around you and build a defense on the other side of the ball, which well, I would say they've proven you know, enough it's- to do it. Even when Marvin Lewis was there, I, I just think Marvin Lewis, I mean, you kind of see it. And I've, and I've talked about this about uh, in that latest article about who should sell. The biggest thing, and even Bill Belichick said it. Now, mind you, that's worth a damn. That's not your Uncle Vito. That's not your father being an armchair coach. This is Bill Belichick, one of the best of all time. I'm just going to say one of the best of all time so we don't make an argument out of that alone. But if he says that... It takes about average three years for a system to be put in place. That means as soon as the year ends, we got three free agencies, three drafts, three full seasons, including playoffs. And that's when we are in, fully locked in to the system. Look at the Browns. Last time they had a coach for three years, Romeo Cormel, 2005 to 2008. Everybody else a year or two, eh, gan, lay the dude. You show the door. That ain't fair. Yeah. So if you look at these guys, it's like, hey, look at the situation of some of these quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota, coordinators every other year. 
Why do you think he was out of there? The guy sim- seriously didn't have the help. You need consistency. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, after three years, if I suck, I'm out of here. That's why you have that three-year and four-year contract. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Everything, even if it goes off the rails, because I feel bad for Zach Taylor. Now, mind you, I'm counting his resume being on the Rams because the Dolphins, it doesn't really count. It's not worth anything. Yeah, It's like having a handshake instead of a paycheck. Let's be honest here. <laughs> Who wants to be part of an organization that's going to be mediocre for years to come? Literally, that's like a guy being like, hey, can I get gas money? Yeah, I'll give you a handshake instead instead of 20 bucks. That's really what it is. Just calling it as it is, man. All but right. that guy out there, I thought he was going to get canned because Taylor? he got old. Yeah, because you had yeah. this old-fashioned man who calls all the shots with no GM to be narrator because I like it the part where it's just kind of like, hey, we got the head coach, we got the GM, we got the owner, and depending on the circumstance, you got an offensive and defensive coordinator in there. So potentially five guys in a room, and they talk. Instead, it's head coach, owner, bye-bye. Yeah, I was, I'm, I was really happy for Burrow that they didn't do that. I mean, you just brought up that Bill said you have to have a system in for three years. Not having the quarterback is not the same thing as having the system in. But, like, still, having the not everything new going into the NFL is a big deal, I think. There's not many other teams I'd want to go to outside the Bengals right now because it's trash. And if Joe Burrow wasn't from Ohio, like if I'm Joe Burrow and I'm from, let's say, Tennessee or something, I'm just going to say to every news network months ahead in advance, don't pick me. You won't like it. Send it as a threat. You pick somebody else. Everybody wins. Well, I think that's why that was such a big deal going into the draft because it was like, is Burrow actually going to play for the Bengals? I mean, he's an Ohio guy. He's talked about it. I mean, just hearing his story during the draft. And when you saw him wearing that jersey number nine, you figured out that they had this done months ago. The only thing he needed to do was wait for him to sign the contract, and he's got the jersey and hat right there. Yeah. I mean, as far as the first two draft picks this year, you could essentially get tattooed on you because there was no way that Tua was going to be a Redskin. I mean – There's a couple of shocking things I saw this year. Like, for example, I think Isaiah Simmons is uh, not a smart move for the Cardinals organization. We talked about that, huh? I agree. Now, for for those people who didn't want to know, now, first overall pick in the draft, it's not like the NBA, it's the NFL. And this usually has to go by, I mean, if you look just day and night, the first overall pick for the NFL doesn't pan out like the NBA. And the Cardinals picked Kyler Murray, which a lot of people made fun of. It's, oh, his height, uh, the organization he comes from, this and that. And I think that's why people are concerned about Jalen Hurts being picked so high up, too, is because of that. Maybe it's a Sooners thing. I don't know. But you saw him last year, and he was running for his dear life. Josh Rosen, the same thing. So if you think that this guy is your future for years to come, you have one of the best tackles. There was four great tackles this year. Now, I think uh, 
Makai Becton, I think he's got a high ceiling but a low floor, and that's what a lot of people say. But any guy available on the board for the tackle position would have been better. Instead, oh, we got a quote-unquote project. Is this guy playing edge rusher? Is this guy playing linebacker? Is this guy playing corner safety? What are you doing? You have a set need that's completely obvious. It's in front of you, staring at you in the face. We got a project. All it's right, like going so, to a job interview. You got transportation? Yeah, but there's no engine in it. <laughs> All right, so that was some little, little bit of some Bengals talk, obviously the Mahomes talk. But I think right now it is time to transition into the worst take. <laughs> I'm probably going to get killed for this. But if you go by overall value, this is for your third string. This is your fourth overall pick they never heard of to, you know, your Gronkowski. It's easy to say that the most replaceable position in the NFL is the running back. And second, I think would be the tight end. Because if you go by determining value, it's kind of like this. Everybody knows what the most important position is on the field. Quarterback. With pass rush being such a big thing, you need offensive linemen, and that's why they're getting paid a bunch more. It's a pass-heavy offense. So you need wide receivers to make the plays, but you also need to shut down corners so you don't get burned. So at the end of me just saying all that, and the running back is obviously just an added bonus, unless you're in the category of Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, you know, those type of guys. Ezekiel. Those guys. And you could throw Ezekiel Elliott in there. I'm sorry. Sorry I should add him in four. Lost my train of thought there. But outside those three, are you really going to bend your back over for a running back and pay him? 10 to $15 million instead of using that money elsewhere. Most teams would say no. And then it goes down to, okay, what's second? There's only two positions I didn't talk about. Linebacker, which has really been part of the edge rusher nowadays. Yeah. Which goes into pass rush. So unfortunately, guess what? The tight end goes there. And if you look at it, there was a chance where just recently, I want to say two or three years ago, the Jets were the top team and not using the tight end. You got Evan Ingram that's uh, one injury away from being in a retirement home, who I think is really just a wide receiver without the legs, speed, whatever. So, preach to me here, Matt. So, essentially, these tight ends, we get outside, we, outside the top five or six, okay? We're going to go, this is no order. I, just because I want to argue about order, let's just name them. We got Kittle. Okay. We got Gronk, depending on if he bounces uh, back. I don't, I don't think whatever. Gronk is there anymore. I would say. All right, that's fair. We can leave him out of that. But we got Kittle. We got Ertz. We got Kelsey. I'm going to throw in Hooper. Yeah. I'm going to throw in Mark Andrews, even though it's very early to say. Yeah, but he has, um, he has the potential. He definitely has a potential. But outside of that, right, outside those few couple of names, especially if you play fantasy, it's so hard to see the top tight ends because if, because, you know, we found out the Miami 
Dolphins and New York Jets had tight ends just last year. Like, the guy scores a touchdown, and everyone scratches their head. They're like, eh, who? Right, Who's AJ. this guy? AJ, I got to get, get you on this one. So, a while back, probably two months ago, I tweeted out, if you could get five top-tier players to fill an empty NFL roster, what positions would you choose? I picked quarterback, edge rusher, obviously tackle, those three. Then I picked interior defensive line and tight end. So I totally disagree with you, and I'm going to explain to you why. I think we brought up those tight ends, right? So you got – I think there's a clear top two, and then there's a big, a big gap. Kelsey, Kittle, and then, okay, like what about the next guys? The Ertzes, the Hoopers, the Mark Andrews. Um, there's some. There's a you know, few guys. You know, also a name we could throw in there. Uh, when Ertz was a little banged up, Dallas Goddard filled the role very well. That was a guy I was going to fill in. So then, so then moving on. Sorry about the siren. If you guys hear that, <laughs> I live by I live by a hospital. Actually, I hear it all the time. Really? I'm used to it. So then, so then you have like a like another like group of guys. You have the Evan Ingrams. Um, I think I'm. It's going, it's going crazy over here right now. <laughs> Evan Ingram, the future retirement home? Okay. That, I mean, I, I'm not disagreeing with you off the bat, but that's a poor name to go off the well, bat. Well, I'm just talking about – You want to put those, in Tyler Boyd, I understand. Those next group of guys that either are have shown that they're pretty solid players or they're upside with a lot of question marks, those type of – they're not – they're replaceable. They're replaceable guys. Would you agree? I think they're all – you have the Noah well, Vance, the O.J. Howards – the David Njoku's, the Gerald Everett's, the I think Gerald Everett's a very underrated name, by the way. Um, Will Disley, I think he's very underappreciated. Eric Ebron's, yes. the TJ Hawkinson's, you know, just got drafted in the top ten. Um, maybe even throw in a Dawson Knox, a Kyle Rudolph, a um, I. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph is such has such the inconsistencies because, I mean... Well, he's played such a specific role of, I'm just going to catch yes. a few touchdowns. Um, and then I can't think of Irv Smith, Irv Smith Jr. on the um, on the Vikings as well. So you have those, like, replace... You, you agree that all those guys I just mentioned well, out, outside those guys, the top few? Outside those five... Uh, it could be a top five, a top six, right? Yeah. But as far as those inline guys, right? Now, yeah. as far as the position itself, right? Yes, the tight end position is needed. But at the same time, right, if you got five receivers in, you know, the Kyle Rudolph situation, as you talked about, you got five, you got four wide receivers and you got the tight end. Yes, the tight end spot matters. I'm not saying the tight end spot does not matter. Oh, no, I understand that. that. that, That's just completely idiotic and that's just (laughs) me putting a foot in my mouth. But I'm just saying, for the most part, if you're not that top five, top six, maybe seven in there, depending on your rankings – it's like uh, right now, if you go on the depth chart, Tampa has three solid tight ends. And everyone said, okay, when's O.J. Howard getting traded? Now, COVID-19 aside, because I think that's why free agency and trades are just not happening right now. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's say the name is O.J. Howard, right? Whatever team is trading for him has leverage. Because Tampa could go, oh, this guy's solid. You don't need him. Why do I want him? Let's negotiate. Oh, we want a second-round pick. I'm sorry. Do you have you seen the leaderboards? When he, I mean, there's so many different things that go after. Like for example, right in the draft, 
what could you use more than a tight end? You mentioned quarterback, tackle, and edge rusher, and you yeah. put you put a tight end on the fifth spot, right? Yeah, interior defensive line was one right before them. Okay, so you're you're telling me that a a decent shutdown corner isn't worth more than the tight end spot? No, no. Even and with the off, even with it being an offensive game, you think the now, mind you, if you said a shutdown corner or George Kittle, I'm going George Kittle. So that's cut, that's cut, why cut that, and dry, cut and dry. Why. Okay, but essentially, right? But you could say that at any position, like for ex, for example. If the 49ers took a shutdown corner in the draft and they're playing the Super Bowl, that guy has a, got a big role because yeah. you got to catch up with the Legion of Zoom. You got Sewa, you got Jet, and you got Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're going off of, well, you're going off of the best in the game right now. And I kind of think that doesn't level a playing field at all because if you have a good you know defensive back yeah and then we go the tight end list it could be Ertz, it could be goddard it could be the fill-in guy for the minnesota vikings because kyle rudolph uh experience i don't know a hammy or whatever it is so here's so here's the position that i think that the tight end group compares about the most to and before you say anything, you got to hear me out on this one. Because at first you're going to go. I will, I will hear you out. I will always hear you out. I'm hard, but I am fair. You're going to think it's terrible at first. But I think the position that tight end is most comparable to is quarterback. And here's eh. why. So at, so at tight end, you have those top two guys, right? At quarterback, yes. you also have those top two guys. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Lamar. You have, ugh, not Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Russell Wilson. They are a clear top two. Then you have a group uh, yeah, of guys. Yeah, I, I agree about that. Some guys yeah. think I'm crazy, but I think it goes. Uh, I think it goes Pat and then uh, Russell. Yeah. Then you have another group of guys. I'll I'll label them to you. I think Lamar and Deshaun are better than most of the other guys. But then you have these other group of guys, and I labeled them as my guys. I'm very happy to have: Rogers, Wentz, Breeze, Kyler Murray, Jimmy G, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady. So you have those group, the group of the good tight ends, right? And after that. Just like tight end, you have a ton of quarterbacks that are replaceable, and you have a a Teddy Two Gloves, right? And you have a Matt Ryan, and you have a Big Ben. These are not in order. A Big Ben, a Baker Mayfield, a Nick Foles, a Derek Carr, a, of course, the most replaceable guy in the world, Kirk Cousins. He is Mr. (laughs) Captain Mediocre. But you have all these guys, right? That's, so I did. I did my know, quarterback rankings, and I, I have. I have so many jokes on Kirk Cousins too. The fact that uh, I I told you why the guy doesn't do well on uh, Monday night games, right? Oh, he doesn't get his nap time. Well, if you've ever seen the commercials, people, the guy's in a sleep number bed commercial with his family, and Kirk is? he's a very yes, <laughs> he's in a sleep number bed commercial, and that is a very Christian man. So if you ever wonder why he doesn't perform on Sunday night, it's because that man got up early, showered, put on a fine outfit, and went to church. And by Sunday night, 9 o'clock, he's in the locker room. Eh, it's nappy time. <laughs> Same thing um, with Monday because the guy's got recovered. That guy gets up at 8 a.m. It's like, so, but Kirk, you, gotta, you realize that the game's not going to be over until 10, 11 o'clock. Huh, geez, I guess I'll have to nap. 
Oh, well. <laughs> so what do you think about that? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? How, how as tight, like how they, maybe, maybe it's not the exact, obviously that quarterback's more important, but the way that the position, how good the people are, how talented the players are at the position, it's similar. You have very elite guys, you have a group of good, and everyone after that's replaceable. That's how I honestly think about quarterbacks. And, well, and, and I think that's the same with tight ends. You want, because having that elite guy is so important. At, obviously, a quarterback. I mean, teams have been trying to do that. Not since everybody could be elite at any position, but I'll just state off this. Mm-hmm. I remember when Sims had his top 40 quarterback list. And let me tell you something. I hope that guy was drinking when he put this list together because it's awful. <laughs> Horrible. And, and here's the deal, right? I understand that D-Hop is going to Arizona, okay? I understand that completely. But you are ranking, because if we go by the list, right? I'm going to see if I could look this up. Just so I could get this accurately. I know it's uh, on Instagram. I don't feel like going through this. So... The top three, Mahomes, Russell, and Rodgers. Now, Lamar Jackson being at number five just off the MVP, okay. Matty Ice has thrown nine years in a row of 4,000-plus yards. He's at number seven. I don't put him there, but somebody can. Yeah. You put Cam Newton at number 10 being a free agent, not as a Patriot. Okay. Tannenbaum, number 11. But here's where it bothers me. Now, 14, Big Ben at his age and just coming back from surgery. I don't get it. But cut and dry, he says that Kyler Murray is better than Kirk Cousins, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. You think that Kyler Murray is better than Drew Brees? I understand Drew's getting up there, but why? You know what's funny? I did my quarterback rankings earlier this summer. Okay. So I have Drew Brees at seven, Kyler Murray at eight. So I think they're closer. I think, but but that's, now are you are you going off based on the weapons he has around him? Is no, that no, why no. You so so I'm, high? I'm going on who I would want to have next season because I think that's how okay, quarterback okay. rankings. I think that's the way that quarterback rankings should be done, not like future, but just going in the next season. Okay, I f- I find that fair because yeah. of well, also I find it funny. Now, let's see. Some of the quarterbacks he has here. Oh, he has. Like, he has. He has like, he had Jameis Winston at 33. He also but, has two mind at you, 40 and Taysom Hill at 36. <laughs> yeah, but the thing that really bothers me, Jameis Winston, I mean, I understand that he's not elite, but he's not garbage. No. So, Case Keenum or Jameis Winston? Pick one. I'd rather have Jameis. Well, that depends. Jam- that depends. Jameis or uh, Nick Foles? Probably. Yeah. See, I would say this, though. It depends on what you want Jameis to do. If Jameis is your long-term upside starter and Case Keenum is just if – if our quarterback gets hurt, we need him – if our quarterback sprains his ankle, we need him to go in there and play for two weeks and run the offense, then you might want Case. I think it, I think it depends with the team. But from a talent perspective, it's a – Zero questions asked. It's Jameis, you know? If we go by just talent alone, right? Now, you just look at some of these names. Like, they have Joe Burrow at 26, and that's ahead of his, well, I guess you could say kind of successor, Andy Dalton. 
They have Joe Burrow ahead of Dalton, Fitzmagic, Teddy, Minshew, Foles, Keenum. The, the list goes on. Now, it's just weird how you, they put the list together. Like, just one good year is not going to impress me. Like, for example, if Lamar Jackson, now mind you, everybody had to say a prayer after seeing that video about the Bowden incident playing beach football. I mean, uh, some people think that guy has 150 to $200 million legs. Or if you want to go 150 in the legs and 50 in the arm, that works too. So, so do you like the do you like the tight end quarterback comparison? I think it's good. When you when you brought I, it up, I was like, if you I, put it if you put it cut and dry, you have a point. Yeah. But the thing is, right? A quarterback has multiple duties, and he needs so much support. When I had, as far as the there's a top few, and then there's everybody else, and then there's the garbage. That point is true because there's a lot of garbage quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Like, does Baker Mayfield have one more year? I don't think so, just simply because there's a – I don't even think God can help Cleveland at this point. <laughs> I just don't see anything happening. The same thing with Detroit. Now, this is actually a point I wanted to make about Joe Burrow. Because of the things going on where it's like he's got the wide receivers, the defense isn't holding up, the best thing I could compare Joe Burrow to, because some people are saying all these outrageous ones, I see this being a Matt Stafford situation because we don't know if the old line is going to hold. We don't know what you're getting out of the coach. The offensive weapons are there. The defense is basically invisible. And we're going to let this thing ride and respect the process. It's funny. I right, think when that, you were, right when you were starting to say that, I was thinking, he's about to say Matt Stafford. <laughs> Well, that's because Fat Patricia has uh, worn out his welcome. Seriously, you want to know why that guy win- wears a windbreaker? Why he we- always is wearing a jacket and a why hat? That? If that guy's skin contacts with water, he's going to make gravy. <laughs> yeah. And as far as quarterback to tight end, you got two duties as playing tight end. You're blocking the pass rush or you're going out for a pass. Now, mind you, when you get past you, you're most likely up the middle and you got to be able to take contact. That's a hard part. Guys like Tony G and Gronk have done it for many years and that's why they're the best at it. But let's see. When I see the quarterback and so many people go by the garbage tier, if Tua has a bad year or Burrow has a bad year or if they're both going to have the top five draft picks again, hmm. Burrow and Tua do not play tackle. They do not catch the ball. There's so much needed. And both teams could go out and in free agency or in the draft get the best guy available. You need more than just one guy to hold down the fort. Yeah. You need a good core right there. And I thought this year that Pat Mahomes and a couple of our quarterbacks, uh, Russell Wilson included, Russell and Mahomes had to really sprint this year as far as protection goes. Yeah. Those, Burrow and Tua are going to have to adjust, of course. But that line's going to just – that's going to kill them. Yeah. 
as far as more weapons, Burrow has more more assets, I guess you could say. He doesn't have a line. He's got the wide receivers and the running back. Tua, there's no good running back situation there. You have Parker. You got Gilsicki and, let's see, we got an overpaid guard. I mean, Eric Flowers. I'm not taking that back. I'm not sorry. I'm not like a typical New Yorker where they want to bash everybody. I'm just stating facts and things that need to be addressed. I'm not saying that everything's garbage. But it just needs work. And I think they could have done a little bit better. Have they improved? Yes. But there's still serious things in consideration. And I'm not sure if the Tua in Miami spot was the ideal destination. I yeah. think that's fair. Yeah, I do. Um, AJ, I think we're right about at the time where we should be uh, in this episode. So I wanted to say thanks for hopping on. It was and a pleasure talking me, some ball. It's a, it's a pleasure as always, man. Yeah, thanks so much. And big day for your Kansas City Chiefs. Putting that big ink day, to the paper. We'll be making history and, uh, well, <laughs> I'll be reading this one tomorrow. <laughs> um, by the way, everyone, AJ is a writer at Worst Take Network. And if you haven't checked out our website, it is theworsttakenetwork.com. Uh, he just dropped an article about owners that should be selling. And it's a good In all piece. all sports besides hockey, yes. <laughs> yeah, we got just, all sports. Just just because that seriously needs to be addressed and there's so many sports fans out there that need justice, particularly if you're in the city of Detroit. Yep, that is true. All right. Absolutely. Thanks so much, AJ. Take care, Matt. Thank you very much. Hey.